welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. There is truth in the statement, everything rises and falls on leadership. I have been hearing that statement now for most of my adult life, and in those years, and at the time of this podcast, I'm 63 years old, uh, in the years of the observation, I've, I've seen that to be a very, very reliable statement. Uh, when I see an organization with good leadership, it tends to be moving in the right direction and uh, doing well, even, even through hard times, uh, comeback, and so on. When uh, a, an organization has poor leadership, less than um, good leadership, the organization suffers. Well, when this is applied to the church of Jesus Christ, it's absolutely true. Because ultimately, Jesus, Jesus is the head of the church. He is the cornerstone. Uh, and what that means is there's a stone right in the corner that keeps the, when you're building, it keeps it all true. It keeps it uh, from going off, from leaning, from, from getting out of, uh, out of kilter. And Jesus is the builder. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I, uh, I will build my church. And he has for over 2,000 years been doing that through good times and through very bad times. If he's the head of the church, that means he leads the church. And he is the leader, and the church uh, is doing just fine thank you under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. But... Jesus, in his design, because he's the designer of the church, in his design, he has chosen to entrust his church to human leadership. Jesus chooses to use men to lead the church. And I want us to consider some of the uh, passages of Scripture that bring that out very clearly. Uh, we begin in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and this is a very well-known passage, and listen as we read the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7 say this, It is a trustworthy statement. If a man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, or literally a one-woman man... Temperate, prudent, acceptable, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And so, as you listen to, to those qualifications for an overseer, and that word overseer there is a word that uh, is used. There are three different Greek words in in the uh, New Testament that are used of a pastor, and uh, and all of those words uh, indicate what that pastor does. So, an overseer, an elder, an elder, a pastor, a shepherd, a leader, uh, and and so the scripture says here, if you desire that office, it's a fine thing that you desire to do. And by the way, uh, when it talks about desire there, it's it's 
not talking about desire to be up front and to be prominent and to be famous and well-known, but rather uh, it's a God-given deep desire that you do in spite of opposition and persecution because when this was written, uh, they were definitely under persecution. So if you desired it in, at a time when you knew you were going to be persecuted, it was a real God-given desire. You understand what I'm saying when it's desire. And it says it's a fine thing that you desire to do. And then it goes on to list these qualifications. And what I would say is that if you summarize every one of them, these are to be men of proven character. Now, I'm going to step out into deep waters a little bit here, and I'm going to go against culture, even the culture of some church and many churches, but it is men. God has called men ultimately to be the elders, the leaders of the church. And uh, we, we tend to bend to the winds of culture, but it's hard for a woman to be a one, uh, a one-woman man. It's really tough. And here in this uh, scripture... And when you read the scriptures, you don't see any examples of a woman being a pastor elder in a church. You see them uh, doing important things, and that is not putting a woman down. That's not putting females down. If you see it that way, you're, you're seeing it wrong. I'm sorry, but I just have to be straight up there. Uh, women are immensely qualified uh, for many things and superior in many ways uh, to, to, to men in many areas. Uh, and this is not about equality. It is about following God. God's pattern. And so, with that said, uh, here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, the leaders in a church have to be men of proven character, not perfect character, because there are none. There's only one man that walked this earth that had perfect character, and his name is Jesus Christ. But men of proven character. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 1 to 4 give us a further insight into that and I'm going to read it. First uh, Peter chapter 5 verse let me get there. I'm finding it in my scriptures. First Peter chapter 5 verse 1 says this. Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder Peter said and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. So Peter said, "Hey, I've been right in there suffering with you and I'm a fellow elder." He says, "Do this in, in verse 2. Shepherd, poimain, pastor, the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, there's that word overseer, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those uh, uh, allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so there Peter said to you that are elders, that are elders, there's one word, uh, shepherd, there's another word, uh, exercising oversight, there is, there is another word. And so basically Peter said you have to be men who lead well. You're doing it for the right reason, not for your own personal gain. You're doing it uh, voluntarily. You're, you're not uh, lording it. You're not, you're not some kind of a dictator, but you are uh, leading by example. You lead well in the church of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 5 uh, gives us uh, some more insight, and I am so glad for these passages of Scripture. 1 Timothy five seventeen says, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy 
of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder, except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue in sin rebuke in the presence of all, so that the rest will also be fearful of sinning. And he he says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels to, that's some serious charging there, isn't it? To maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in a spirit of partiality. Verse 22 says, do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. And so um, Paul is telling Timothy as he raises up other elders, as he recognizes them, he says, uh, don't lay hands on somebody too quickly. Uh, when you do, you participate in their sin. They get in and lead, and they don't lead well. You are uh, attaching yourself to their leadership by laying hands on. In other words, uh, the laying hands on was that ceremony uh, at the end of proving them that said, we approve you and we believe in you. And when you do that, and you do it too quickly, and you rush the process, and they're not proven men of character, then you're going to mess up. And, and when an elder sins, do it the right way. Don't just to take any old accusation, but do it right, uh, the way that God designed for any of us. In the presence of two or three witnesses, confirm that that sin is there. And then, because they have a, 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 a very public um, leadership, bring them before the church and rebuke them so that others will see that we're not messing around here. This is a church of Jesus Christ, and these men are charged with leading the church, and so do it right. But, this passage says, those that rule well, considered worthy of double honor. Double honor, and, that, and, and we could go into what all that means, uh, obviously honoring them, respecting them, but it also uh, has to do with compensating them, because uh, you see that when it's illustrated in verse 18, allowing the ox to eat some of the grain that he's treading, labor is worthy of his wages, and so it has to do with compensation of the elder, but uh, they rule well, and especially those that preach and teach. And so here you see that there are men who who teach and preach the word of God well. Uh, they are to be held in double honor. I recall a verse in James, and I believe it's chapter 2, where it says, Don't be many teachers, because upon you comes a stricter judgment. There is a great responsibility in teaching and preaching the Word of God and standing before people and giving out the Word of God. Well, it all can be summarized in Titus chapter 2, verses 1 and 7. Paul said to young Pastor Titus, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. There it is. Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. And verse 7 he says, In all things show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity in doctrine, dignified, and so on and so forth. Speak and show. That, that summarizes what a good leader does in the church of Jesus Christ. He speaks sound doctrine. He's teaching. And he's showing others by his own personal life, his own personal example. 
I love uh, looking at uh, Acts chapter 20 where the Apostle Paul is saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. He had spent three years there, the longest that we know of in any city, in any church he was uh, associated with, and he's saying goodbye to them. And I don't have time to read the whole thing, but in verse 27 it says, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Verse 28, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which He purchased with His own blood. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And so on and so forth. And so uh, Paul said to those elders as he's bidding them goodbye for the very last time, you make sure you watch the flock. Teach them the right things. Watch out for savage wolves. In other words, uh, men that will come in speaking heresies and so on. And there's plenty of that in the church of Jesus Christ today. Plenty of it. Right here in America, one of the great ones that's beginning to spread around the world, the church world, is this whole prosperity gospel thing. It is uh, it is a doctrine from hell. And, and so pastors need to be willing to stand up and preach and teach line by line the Word of God because it's the Word of God that grows, that saves people, that grows people in the faith. It's the Word of God. So when you are looking for a church, one of the essentials in church life, it is an essential, it cannot be done without, is godly leadership. Godly male leadership. Men that lead well. Men that are willing to lead by example. Men that are willing to lead by teaching and preaching the Word of God. You know, your pastor may not be real flashy and fancy, but if he is a man of God with good character and is willing to faithfully teach the Word of God. You love Him and pray for Him and get behind Him. And if you're in a church where that's not happening, get out and go find a church where it is because everything rises and falls on leadership. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.